Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 837. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortorahTorah.org. Uh, I wanted to talk about two mitzvot that are found in this week's parsha. We know that Parsha's Mishpatim contains many, many mitzvot, and many of them seem to be the types of very detailed mitzvot that assume previous information, that we know previous information, the fact that we're talking about the purchase of slaves and, and issues like that, seem that there's a whole other body of law that is implicit, implied, or it was already taught to the Jewish people. There are some things in the parsha that seem also to be created for this fledgling nation. Remember, these are people who were slaves for a very long time. They had not ran their own nation. They had not uh, been involved politically, been involved in managing their own people. And this uh, had been something which would become very difficult over the course of time. But some of the mitzvot in this week's parsha, I might say, are really there for crowd control. Let me give you an example of what I mean. So we have in parsha's Mishpatim, Perik Chafes, Pasach of Zion, we have the Pasach Elohim lo sekalel, v'nasiv God, you should not curse, and also, you should not curse a leader among your people. So that means you can't utter a curse against the king or the head of the great Sanhedrin. Even if you don't use God's name, it's still considered inappropriate. And there's a whole bunch of very detailed laws about what this type of curse is. Are we talking about a curse to the person's face? Are we talking about uh, even if the person forgives them? Who is this referring to? What type of leader? I don't want to get into so much the weeds and the details of the law of cursing, but I want to focus on the reason for this prohibition. Okay, so let's begin. You know, Rav Hirsch explains that one of the reasons is because a leader is there for our good. A leader, hopefully, is there for our welfare. And again, the whole law might not apply if it's a wicked leader, a terrible leader, something uh, is very, very off with this person, not just that I agree with their philosophy and their and their politics, but it's something which is uh, makes them objectively wicked. For example, you know, the situation where we're talking about King Herod, who murdered uh, many of the sages and, and did uh, tremendously evil acts. There, perhaps, the law might be different. We have a lot of uh, texts dealing with how uh, Bava ben Buta dealt with the wicked king Herod, which relates to this topic. But I'm just talking about like a regular king and a regular leader. What is the reason? So if Hirsch says, again, it's because we need to understand that leaders are really there for our good. They're there for our welfare. And that being the case, it is a problem with us when we don't appreciate that. It's a problem with us when we wish to harm the person who really is doing what he's doing in order to support our own existence and to enhance our own life. We all benefit from that leadership. But there's another idea that the Sefer HaChinuch explains that I think is very important, and with that I'll introduce another mitzvah that I'd like to discuss this morning, and that is the notion of not cursing the person because of the significance of the position that the person is in. So let me explain. The Chinuch says, Mishrashe HaMitzvah, this is Mitzvah Ayin Aleph, Mishrashe HaMitzvah L'fishi'i Efshar Lisha B'nei Adam M'blishi Yasu Echad M'b'nei Ham Rosh Ha'al Ha'acherem. It's impossible to have humans settle amongst each other without creating or there being formed a leader, a Rosh Ha'al Ha'acherem. Lasos Mitzvah So Ulekayim Gzeirosav For people to do what he bids and what he decrees. Because the opinions of people are very, very diverse, 
and you'll never have people all agreeing to one thing, to make a move, to make a decision. And what will happen is, is you know, nothing will ever get done. And therefore, you have to just accept one person's decision. Now, there might be uh, room for democracy, but uh, one Somebody is there's going to have to be a model of leadership. There's going to be have to a model where people are charged even to make a democratic decision. It can't just be a free for all. And so he explains so people can be successful and involved in the affairs of the world. Sometimes, you know, what he suggests, what the leader suggests will be very good and effective, and sometimes not so much. But irrespective of whether or not the leader is making the right decisions, it's better than machlokas shagorim bitul gomer, because machlokas really causes absolute atrophy, like nothing will happen, nothing will occur, people will get nothing done. The person in charge has that role, they have that goal of bringing people together, of hopefully making the decisions on their behalf, hopefully with them, with their input. Whether or not it's a religious leader, whether or not it's a person who is a political leader. So that one person can be protected from the other to create an orderly society. It's appropriate that that person in that position should not have their dignity lowered. And you shouldn't even curse the person when it's not in his face. And for sure, in front of witnesses, because the cursing, the undermining of that personality is only going to be bad. Because getting in that type of behavior, when I'll talk to or about that person in that way will cause me to undermine the person's authority. And if I undermine the authority of that leader, then that's a bad thing for society. A fascinating idea that the Chinuch offers, this idea that really we learn in Mishnah Navos, that will, without the Russians, without people being in charge, there would be total anarchy. People would swallow each other alive. There has to be leadership, and once that's the case, once that's the case, and again, the Chinuch isn't saying you're going to like necessarily uh, um, and appreciate all of the leader's decisions, and so you might want to curse the person, but when you do, what ends up happening is you undermine the person's authority, and because you undermine the person's authority, that ultimately undermines their position, their effectiveness in that task of keeping people together. There's another interesting mitzvah that comes up later in the parsha that I think speaks to a very similar issue, and that's the mitzvah which we, I think, are very familiar with. Uh, it says in Perich of Kimel Pasuk Beis, Lo siya achri rabam laros, lo sana al lintos achri rabam lahatos. You should not follow the majority for bad, and don't involve yourself in the machlokas to go towards the perverted side of the law by following some sort of inappropriate majority. That's what the Pasuk says. And so from here we learn the idea, even though really the Pasuk is phrased in the negative, of achri rabbi lahatos, we follow the majority. That when we have a machlokas, when we have some sort of debate, how do we define, how do we decide what to do? So of course, the, the first source we saw seems to indicate that the way we're going to do that is by following some sort of objective leader, but 
of course, not every decision is like that, particularly decisions of halacha. When it is somewhat more democratic and you're going to make a decision between two groups of people, uh, one side of the Sanhedrin paskins one way and the other side of the Sanhedrin might paskin a different way. So what does that mean practically? So we're not supposed to just follow the opinion that we believe to be correct. We're supposed to follow the opinion of the majority. Now, why would that be? So it says the Chinuch again, We are here in this mitzvah to support and bolster our Torah. If we were just asked to follow the halacha as we understand it, everybody would individually say on their own, I think it's like this, yeah, and therefore I'm going to behave uh, like this. Even if somebody, or really the entire world, objects to my understanding, one would think that what should trump all is a person's sense of truth. I believe that the halacha is as follows, and because I believe that, I should follow that. A destruction will uh, will follow from that shatasa hatarah bekamatarus. You'll have different individuals creating, so to speak, different toros and different behavior patterns following what they think is their interpretation of the Torah. Now that we are commanded, we have to make a decision, we have to come to a majority, we have to come to terms. And that is the great fulfillment of the Torah. And it's funny, he goes on to say that even if they're wrong in their decision-making, it doesn't matter, that's the halacha anyway. So I think today we had two areas which are focused literally on crowd control. How do you create a society? You create a leader who will guide you through. That leader therefore requires the respect to make sure that we follow that leader's guidance. And at the same time, when we have areas of interpretation, we ultimately need a function of how to do that and how to make those decisions. And that we know as Akhir Rabbim Lahatos, we follow the majority. And so here are two rules that could be elaborated upon for sure, but the rules, I think, focus on the idea of a fledgling community, the early Jewish people, and the notion of crowd control. Have a great day.